This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. Tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. Welcome to Tuesday's episode. It's a doozy. It's a good one. I'm chatting with somebody you probably know. Okay, my dog is like tap dancing in the background. Can we not, Muffin? Can we not? Yes, my dog's name is Muffin. And the other one's name is Bubbles. And they are both male dogs. Anyways, Today I'm talking with Linda Fruits. She is one of my favorite content creators. I followed her very quickly after becoming a mom. Her Instagram handle is at Fruits of Motherhood. She recently went through a major life change after TikTok let her know that she was interested in women. So it's a fascinating story. I love how open she is about her life because when we're open about these things, all we're doing is helping other people because we're all human. We are all going through the same kinds of things. And it's nice to have creators out there that are just honest and talk about the ups and downs, the life changes. She is now living in a very modern family situation, which is really inspiring because they are really putting the kids first. So in this episode, we talk about mom guilt, we talk about her transition to motherhood, going from one to two kids, and then we get into her new girlfriend and how she and her partner or the father of her children are navigating this major life change. It is such a great episode. I hope you enjoy. So without further ado, please welcome Linda Fruits, my friend, to the Mom Room Podcast. Okay, welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. Today I'm talking with one of my friends, my Instagram friends, that one day we will hopefully meet in person. I'm sure everyone knows who you are, but to start, I thought you could introduce yourself, your family, and I would like to know what your transition into motherhood was like. 
So my name is Linda Fruits, and I'm the content creator behind Fruits of Motherhood. I am a mom of two, and I started my account almost four years ago now when my oldest was like three months old in my arms and I was looking and I'm like, what the hell did I do? Totally freaking out. Wanted to see, you know, like a sounding board. If anyone else, there was no echoes coming back to let me know whether or not I was the only one who felt that way. (laughs) And here we are. So what is everything that you have going on right now? You have the Instagram, you have a blog, you have TikTok, the podcast. Yeah. The podcast is on like a, a mini hold, right? Because I really want to have like different, deeper conversations. And it it takes a lot of work, as you know, running a show and coming up with the stuff. And so I feel very distracted at this moment in my life. So maybe in a couple months when my brain slows down a little bit, I can resume it. That's how I feel with the blog. I'm like, I feel like I need to have all these things going on. Like I need to have a blog. I need to have this. And sometimes I settle my brain and I'm like, Renee, The podcast is your focus. The podcast is where you should be putting all your energy and your effort. So like chill with the blog. Like you don't need a blog just because everyone has a blog. (laughs) Yeah. And also like what I do is when I feel inspired to write, I write, you know, and it's not something that like every week I have something coming out. It's just if I have something to say and it's a little lengthy, too lengthy for like an Instagram post, I put it on the blog, you know, it's just like a piece. Yeah, that's how I work too. I work best. It's not as good when it's forced. It's like, oh, it's Sunday. I have to put out a blog. Like, what the hell should I write about? It's like, you just do it when you do it. That's how I use TikTok as well. Like, sometimes I, you know, have like these serious TikToks where I'm talking about something. And then other times it's like a joke and it's like all over the place. When did you start your TikTok? Because every time I open my TikTok, it's you on my you For too. You page. I'm always, I'm always <laughs> liking all your stuff. I started it, I think, maybe two years ago now. I was like mad at my friends when I first got on it. I'm like, why didn't you guys tell me to do this? This is like my jam. Yeah. <laughs> I so have so fun. much fun doing it. Yeah. My friend was like sending me TikToks and it was like curated content, like for me, right? He knew what I would like and he'd send it to me. I'm like, this works out. I'm like, but wait a second. I'm like, I probably need to like be on there. And then two years later, you know, (laughs) I am. (laughs) Addicted. Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. But it's really like, as a mom who is alone, especially in the beginning, I had a, a newborn. It like really made me laugh. And. I tell, I would tell my friends, I'm like, you need to just download it and just laugh. Like, it's really good for my soul to laugh the way I do at some of these videos. And it's, you know, sometimes I, you can't even get that kind of laughter out of a movie. I'm like, you need this, like for moms. TikTok has kind of ruined me because I don't find other stuff entertaining like I used to. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I can watch something that is like this big production that has millions of dollars behind it. And I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever. And then some random fucking person in their living room in their pajamas makes me like belly laugh. Yeah, it's so (laughs) true. And I feel the same way. Like I'll watch these movies that, like you said, are so much money put into it. I'm just like, but you know, it's fake. And so that's how I think. TikTok is a little more appealing to me because it's like real people, real videos, and I get my little giggle in and we move on to the next one. (laughs) What I really found with TikTok more so than other social media platforms is 
especially in quarantine, because Milo was at a difficult age. He was like 18 months old. And I would go through these really difficult situations in quarantine. But because I was so active on TikTok, I would think about these situations in like TikTok form. And I would be like, oh, like I can recreate this situation and make it a funny TikTok. And then so in the moment, it like made that difficult situation less difficult. That is so true and so funny. It's it's literally like therapy. Like you, you laugh instead of cry. <laughs> yeah, totally. How old are your kids? Two and four now. Two and four. For some reason, I thought your youngest would be older than Milo, but so he's younger. He's like the same age, right? How old is no, Milo? Milo's three and a half. He'll be four uh, in September. Okay, that's right. Yeah, our oldest are really close. Like my, my oldest just turned four a month ago. Okay. And so they're both in daycare. Daycare. So your four-year-old is not in school yet? No. I think next year they go down here. Like September? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So so they'll be starting school at the same time. Yeah. Milo yeah. and yeah. Are you nervous about that? No, because I think it'll be at the same location. I think they do. Oh, um, okay. So it's actually like not even a transition at all. The from stay-at-home mom to daycare was like a big, scary transition for me. Is it going to be different locations for you? Yeah, different school. Like right now he's in just like a specific childcare center that is just a daycare. And so in September, he'll go to the school that's just down the street, but it's like a legit school. And is it free? Yeah. Like it's public school. Yeah. Okay. So like how I cannot, that's what I'm most excited about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, my husband too. He's like counting down the days till he doesn't have to pay for daycare. <laughs> like the diapers was like a big deal. No more diapers. And now it's like daycare. Yeah. Another payment out the window. So what I'm terrified of him starting school. And just the other day I was like, oh my God, to my husband, once he starts school, like we have to feed him breakfast We have to make his lunch and send him with lunch because at daycare, he eats breakfast there. They make him lunch. He has an afternoon snack. And so by the time he gets home, I'm like, oh, well, he's already eaten well during the day. Like, I don't care what he has for dinner. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so true. And us too. I didn't even think, well, no, because it's in the same place. Okay. So he'll, that was a big deal for the daycare as well. Cause not all of them do that around me is the food. I'm like, I know he like maybe tried to eat fruit and vegetables at lunch, so I don't have to do that at dinner. Like just what you were saying. I'm like, like, damn, now it's my responsibility. Okay, so (laughs) let's get back (laughs) to what we were actually supposed to talk about. Um, Okay, I wanted to ask you about mom guilt and what your experience was like with that. It's a topic that I talk a lot about because people who don't experience it don't understand why it could be a big deal. And then once I started to actually experience it, I was like, this sucks. And it ruins situations. So do you find yourself struggling with mom guilt or did you previously? Are you getting better at it? What's your experience with it? So I definitely would say I did have a lot of mom guilt. Let's say like the first two years of my first child's like life, right? And then it slowly started to fizzle fizzle away when my perspective changed on it. I kind of would do that thing where I was punishing myself mentally for something we were doing presently, but still going to do it. 
like watch TV or eat dinosaur nuggets or not do anything. Right. Like it was this moment where I would just be like upset with myself, but even though I wasn't going to change it. So I was literally just torturing myself. I realized one day that like, I'm doing the best I can, you know, and yeah, different days that looks differently. Some days I feel like taking them to the farm and letting them touch animals. And some days I just don't want to fucking do nothing, right? Like <laughs> and our kids will feel the same way too. It doesn't, we don't have to be these like cruise directors 24 seven for our children, right? Because that's not real life. So once I, I really had like a good talk with myself and also acknowledging that I was experiencing the guilt or the shame, I just would like literally change my mind and be like, I'm doing the best I can for today. My kids are happy. They're healthy, whatever. Like it is. It is mind blowing because they are so happy and like well cared for and like live these incredible lives. And I'm still sitting there like ruminating about what's going on just this morning. My husband took him to school this morning. So I had kind of like a relaxing morning and my husband went up to shower and get ready for work. And so Milo and I are on the couch and I'm looking at Pinterest because I was looking for a bed for our room and Milo's watching like Lego dinosaurs on TV because that's what he always wants to watch. So I'm sitting there and it was only like 15 minutes, but in my mind, I'm like, he's watching TV. Like he's just sitting there staring at the screen and I'm not like interacting with him and like, or saying anything. And so every once in a while I'll be like, Oh cool. What are they doing? Like to try and like, that's like my coping mechanism to try and make myself feel better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Oh good. Like you said something like you interacted with him. And it's like, at the end of the day, what is the big deal that he's sitting here watching his favorite show? Yeah, they're happy as can be. Happy as can be. I know. It like blows my mind. Would you consider yourself the default parent? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Especially because I started as a stay-at-home mom. So I wore the roles. I did all the things, you know, I wore all the hats, so to speak. And then COVID hit and my husband was home. And so then it was like us trying to find this new balance. I'm like, I'm not doing everything if you're here, buddy. (laughs) And not that he didn't say he wanted to either, right? It was just all of a sudden the shift was happening. I still am. The kids, they know I do the stuff, right? They ask me for the things or they want me to do the things. So I'm definitely still the default parent. And what about the maternal gatekeeping part of it? Like, do you find yourself kind of like monitoring what he's doing with the kids. (laughs) It's like also slow torture. Like I'll tell him to go play with them sometimes and I'll peep peek in there and he's like on his phone. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Yes, I relate to this so much. And then I get mad that he doesn't have the mental struggles of like, like I had this morning. Like my husband doesn't get that. Like he can just sit there and let Milo watch TV and everyone's happy. And I'm like, no. Yeah, then I, I pass on that to him. I'm like, yes. I'm like, <laughs> it's just, it's so funny what what we do, what we do to ourselves. I know. And I'm like, why aren't you having these negative feelings about Milo watching TV? But I know that he's the rational person and it's me that has the problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> one one thing I wanted to ask you about was the transition 
from having one child to two. What was that like for you? So you had your second when your first was two years old? Yeah, they could literally share a birthday. Like they're two weeks apart. Wow. Yeah. Apparently I go into heat at the same time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was really scared because my first experience, I was a very nervous parent, you know, first time mom. And I really don't know what made me be like, I need a second child because it was pretty traumatic just to be, you know, pretty blunt with it. And the second child, I actually wrote about this a couple of times and people get like a little upset with me because they think I'm trying to tell them that they have to have two kids, which I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Like one child is enough. <laughs> no children is also enough. <laughs> yeah, just you know what I'm saying? It's just like, this is my experience. I do have two children. So I write about it. Right. And the second child was really how I was hoping motherhood would feel the first time. Oh, interesting. Like I was so much more relaxed. He was so much easier. I probably had postpartum anxiety with my first. And so I didn't have it with my second. I was more confident in my role as a mom. Like I just didn't give a shit. Like I was going to stop breastfeeding when I felt like it. I was going to feed him when I felt like it. Like, you know, I I was confident in me and him. Like I, I knew what to do a little bit better. So I write about that and people are like, oh, you know, like it's it was different for me. And like, I can only write from my experiences, you know, and um, I really enjoyed the second round as a mom. I enjoyed being a first time mom because obviously I had a second child, but like I genuinely enjoyed it more. And I was wondering if I needed a third. And then once he got like one, I was like, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Once he started crawling, I was like, no. (laughs) He started, I was so excited to have a baby again to like really go through that. He started walking at like nine months. I'm like, what happened? (laughs) No, that was the worst stage for me. Like once he wasn't independent yet, but he was mobile. And so you had to constantly be... Yeah. And like baby proofing everything. Like, oh my God, our last house, because we had during quarantine, he ran into the corner of a wall. Oh no. And I had to, my husband was at work and he was chasing the dogs and he was at that age where he was walking now and like trying to run. And (laughs) I was doing the dishes and he runs right into the corner of the wall and like gushing blood. I had to call no. 911. He had to get stitches. Like it was terrible. Yeah. And so I was taping pillows around <laughs> all the corners of the house. And I was like, this is just what our house is going to look like now. But yeah, that stage was rough. What, Did what you was- make a TikTok about that? I feel like I saw it. I totally I did <laughs> because I would make all my TikToks on the main floor and then people in the comments would be like, what the fuck's on your wall? <laughs> You're like, I'm if like, you must know. know. I'm like, it's pillows. Like, duh. <laughs> oh my God. So when you had the baby, you had a newborn and a two-year-old, what was the dynamic between the two of them? So at first... Okay, when my husband was picking us up from the hospital, I mean, like made him go home. I wanted to be by myself with my baby, like just go take care of the other child, right? And so I was like alone with the new baby and I was panicking, like the meeting, right? Yeah. I was, I was about to have like a panic attack in the hospital. <laughs> I was like, like sweating, shaking, like the whole thing. And finally they meet and like Elliot just kind of like sized him up 
was mad at me for not being home for like one night because I had a child in the hospital. And then it was just, it was fine. I expected him to be jealous because I was a stay-at-home mom and he got all of my attention and he is sensitive, but he wasn't. He was just like, okay, there's a baby. He hated it when he cried, but like, it was fine. And then as they grew up a little bit more, they started playing together and now it's just like they're buds, right? They fight all the time, but they're buddies. A lot of people ask me, like, how did I survive, you know, two children in the beginning? And I just, screen time. There's no, just, just survive. You just have to get through it. Like, don't kill yourself. Put the TV on. Blippi was on all day, every day. You know, you're breastfeeding. I was breastfeeding all the time. I was stuck. Like, my child had to be safe. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. You guys know I have been very intentional with what we've been eating lately. I'm looking at protein, I'm looking at sugar content, and avoiding things like artificial ingredients or colorings. Milo used to always want pancakes or waffles in the mornings, and now he is getting into cereal, and I'm so excited because Magic Spoon is the perfect option. Their variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. They have zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five grams of carbs per serving. They're made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and I'm just so happy that he's getting a good amount of protein before he goes off to school. And it's a great snack for me and my husband too, because 13 to 14 grams of protein in the cereal, now you add a high protein milk, you're set. That is such a high protein snack or meal. I should also mention that it is gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So go to magicspoon.com momroom to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code momroom at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com momroom and use the code momroom to save $5. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. It is 2024. As busy parents, it's hard to completely overhaul our lives, but what we can do is make small changes that will make our lives easier. And that is where Little Spoon comes in. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Little Spoon offers baby blends, biteables, and plates. So baby blends is fresh, organic baby food. They have single ingredients, but also multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. Biteables make the transition to finger foods easy because they are cut perfectly to size, which promotes self-feeding. And of course, all the biteables are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. And then there are plates for your toddlers and your bigger kids. They are meals that are free of all the bad stuff. They taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. They have things like hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous things like pot stickers, gnocchi, and more. 
Little Spoon also has smoothies and build-it-yourself lunches. Did I mention it all comes right to your door? It is super flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. You can pick up the menu and change up what you order every single time. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You and your kids will love it. It's a huge win-win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. What did my mom do? Like they didn't have like tablets and the internet and like streaming platforms. I don't understand. I'm pretty sure my mom would put us in like one of those swings that went like this and just like let us watch much music or much music is like MTV in Canada. (laughs) She would just like put it on. I also don't think that they had the mental burden that we put on ourselves to like entertain our children all the time. Like we think we have to be cruise directors and we don't like they just do their own thing and it's good for them. It's good for their, you know. I know. Milo is such a good, like, he's so good at playing independently, but, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. But then every once in a while, like, in my brain, it's like, go talk to him, go do something, (laughs) go, like, fucking make a sensory bin, go, like, you know, oh, God. I feel that. Yeah, my oldest is also really good at playing by himself. And I genuinely love it. I love sitting there watching him like play with the toys. I I don't engage. I'm just like, go little rock star. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. One thing I was thinking about, because Milo is obsessed with Legos right now, and there are the tiniest little toys scattered throughout the house. And I was like, because my sister's going to have a baby this summer. And I was thinking, if there was a baby in this house, how do you monitor, like, the safety factor with, like, what the older kids are playing with? Do you just, like, get rid of it? You you put it away. Like, I remember when that was going on in our house, it was just, like, those were nap time toys, you know? And then you just clean it up when that baby wakes up or, you know, when they're real little. There's like this weird area of where they actually would get in trouble with it. But for the most part, you know, they're like in the swing on the or on their back or, you know, they're not really moving around. And once they can move around, then, yeah, those become like nap time toys. Like kinetic sand, my oldest wants to play with all the time slime. And I'm like, that's when Owen goes to sleep, we'll play with that. And hopefully he forgets by then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> So this happened to someone I know back home. They had a baby around Milo's age, but they had an older child at the time. And the older child just like gave the baby, she must, she's probably like around one year old or something at that time, gave them a little sticker, like put it on their hand and was just trying to be cute. But then the baby choked on the sticker and like, oh my gosh. They had to call 911. And I always think about that. And I'm like, it must be so hard to monitor both kids. And now I'm like paranoid of stickers. <laughs> I can imagine. I'm going to be now. 
Well, that's, I just wanted to put that in your head in case yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you're not stressing about enough things. <laughs> Write stickers, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Get rid of all the stickers. <laughs> okay. I would love for you to tell us the story of how TikTok knew that you were interested in women before you did. And I love all your TikToks Thank about you so that. Much. Yeah, it's, did they just like they magically knew and they curated your for you page? So as you know, with the algorithm, like what you engage with, they will uh-huh. show you more of, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't necessarily like liking the videos, but I was sure shit watching them. And <laughs> I didn't even realize it, right? Like, because it's, these are like 15 second videos and you just swipe or you don't, whatever catches your attention. You're not judging yourself for watching what you're watching. It just goes Yeah, it's like stuff. mindless, yeah. Exactly. And so all of a sudden, I'm like wondering why my friends are getting all these like hot firefighter videos and like sending them to me of like men. And I'm like, like, why is mine all women? Like, what's going on here? (laughs) And I would like send these videos to my friends. I'm like, she's hot, right? Like, it's not just me. It's like a everyone can agree that she's like really good looking and I don't have to break up with my husband. (laughs) And um, a lot of people don't really understand that aspect of like, how in the hell did TikTok show me I was interested in women? And I, I get it, right? Because unless if it happens to you, like you don't really know. But it was like a slow progression of like something that had always been inside of me that I was definitely suppressing and just not really aware of it. Because I say that Obviously, I've been exposed to women my whole life. I'm surrounded by beautiful women and friends, but it's that's not really the type of woman that like triggered me. I uh, I also grew up working in like nightclubs and shit. Like, been around a lot of different kinds of people, but this like more masculine and androgynous type of woman is the one that just like changed everything. Because, like you said, it was suppressed before, so that kind of brought it to the surface. Yeah. And I have to like ask myself some questions, right? Like, yeah, I'm intrigued by this. I was like developing a crush on on someone I had never met before. And like growing up, I remember all my friends having crushes on these like boy band figures and I never did. And so I just would like pick one to like. Interesting. I thought that's what what everybody did. I thought you just like picked one. I'm like, okay, I picked this one. You know, I didn't realize that they like had a crush on them, like for real. And I, And also, like, growing up in school, like, I always liked the boys that liked me first, you know? I never, it just didn't make sense to me. And because, of of course, growing up, like, all the girls were, like, not androgynous, right? Like, you know, we're all looking like little girls. So it just didn't really click, you know? I mean, you know, I remember, like, there's some signs, right, growing up. Like, I was definitely trying to kiss girls at the playground uh, when I was real little, still. (laughs) But, like, I didn't take it as a sign. No, You know, and I was like playing house and also kissing girls. (laughs) Also, as I got older, as I was drunk, I was still kissing girls. You know, that was like my. And then, okay, so then uh, as TikTok is showing me the stuff, I'm like, well, damn, hmm, if the shoe fits. (laughs) Yeah. And so that must have been difficult because you have already created this amazing family. You have your husband, you have two young children. Like, how long did you mentally go back and forth before actually verbalizing it out loud? So I realized when I was like 
hiding it, right? Like if something popped up on my phone and it was like a lesbian TikTok, I would be like, like hide it. And because I felt I needed to. And I was like, okay, that's when I need to talk to him about it. At first, I definitely thought maybe I was just like bisexual, right? I've been with men all this time. This is before I did like real deep soul searching. And I told him, you know, I, when I finally got, gathered up the courage to tell him, I started crying and it became very emotional. And I was like, I didn't know that this is going to happen. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you so I could like be open about it and show you the TikToks and like we can laugh about it or, you know, check out girls together. Like I didn't know what I was going for, but I just knew that he's my friend, obviously, and we wanted to like talk about it. And so then the soul searching really started happening. And I realized that we had been almost in a basically like sexless marriage for years. And like, there's got to be reason for that. And he, you know, looking back, is like, it all makes sense now, right? Looking back. But I kept blaming it on the kids and being tired and being touched out and being a stay-at-home mom. Like I had all these excuses and I thought I needed more quality time. I thought he wasn't speaking my love languages. Like I really put us through the ringers, right? And I'm like, well... No, there's there's just, the chemistry is not there. And what was his response? He at first was really okay with the bisexual thing, more like okay with me having a girlfriend on the side, you know, like kind of be a little- So you discussed having like an open kind of relationship? A little bit, yeah, but it was definitely like one-sided. One of my like gay friends kind of put it into perspective for me. He's like, yeah, he's had his whole life to date women. Like you are finding something new about yourself and it's okay that it's like one-sided. And I felt guilty about it as he was like asking me questions about like, you know, the women I'm talking to or gave me like his opinions. I'm like, I'm like, I didn't want him to be in any part of this because during this whole process, I'm really checking in like with internally how it's making me feel because this is like a new thing for me to like answer my own questions for me, not for my family, not, you know, like mama has to come first. I really, truly believe that because otherwise you can't be happy. So I kept checking in and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. And also I was having a lot of anxiety before I came out, like a lot. I actually started going to therapy to like kind of process, you know, like what I was feeling. And so when I came out as bisexual, I felt better, but not great. You know, I, my body was like, Mm-mm, girl, you're not done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's more here. <laughs> yeah. And so, so crazy. I, you know, really leaned into that. I'm like, look, I think I'm only attracted to women because that would explain my intimacy problems my entire life, entire life, every relationship. You know, it's like all these things I didn't want to be touched. And like, all of a sudden, like, that's all gone, you know? And I really felt relief in my body after telling him that I am a lesbian, like no more anxiety. And I felt at peace. You said that you had anxiety before coming out. Do you know what the cause of that was? Was it just like having to tell him or having to tell, because now you have this massive online community as well. Yes. So telling him was obviously going to happen first, right? And I was anxious about that. But I was also anxious about like what that was going to do to our family, right? Like, and like, I didn't want, you know, when we came to, uh, we can go into that in a second where, you know, we're both mature adults and we have really great communication skills at this point because we're really open with how we feel and how things make us feel and setting boundaries within our home. Like the communication has been so great and we've grown so much in that department since this. 
but you know, like not knowing what that was going to do. Like, are we going to have to move? Are we getting a divorce or, you know, like what is the, what, what is the future going to look like? But we both agreed that we make a great team. I don't hate him. You know, like there was no infidelity here. We're doing this like together, hand in hand. And we still wanted to like raise our children together in the same house. Okay. So that's so, what we're doing. <laughs> so it's like, I love it. It's like modern family situation. Yeah. I, you know, my girlfriend comes over all the time. We all have dinner together. They go rock climbing together. It really is a modern family. People are like very confused by it sometimes. No, I think it's awesome. It was my dream. Like, I was talking to my therapist one day and she's like, what's the like ideal thing for you? And it's just like, I want it. I want it all. I want, I want him to still be here with his kids. I want to have a girlfriend, you know, he can have girlfriends. Like I want it all. And I want our kids to be the center, the center of it. And so where did you meet your girlfriend? Actually on an app, on a lesbian dating app. And it was really funny because I've been like messaging people for months and never like went and hung out with anybody. Cause it just like, Maybe I was nervous or it just wasn't the right time. And so I um, messaged, we matched and I was like, hey, like I originally had like a tattoo appointment planned and it was canceled. So I knew I had like the night off, like my husband was going to be home to watch the kids. I'm like, hey, you want to go grab a drink? And she said, yeah, we barely exchanged anything else. And we meet up and like we talked until like 2 a.m., you know, or 1 a.m. And we kissed and I literally was like, holy shit. I felt chemistry for like the first time in my life, like literal fireworks. And like, I didn't know that shit really happened. I used to hate like romantic comedies and stuff because they made it seem like so dramatic. And I'm like, oh. And oh. now you're in one. Oh, hello. <laughs> Hi. Okay. Oh, I love that. That's And like, what are the chances go on a dating app? Is that the first person that you met? So I went on a date before her also kissed her and felt didn't feel that. And I'm so glad I did because otherwise I'm going to think that every girl I kiss, I'm going to see fireworks. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think everything really happens for a reason, right? Like I was supposed to experience that, realize that like genuine chemistry was not present. She's really wonderful. Like I, we still talk, but then meeting Maddie and then kissing her and like literally both were like, holy shit. Like it was present for both of us. It wasn't just me either, you know? How does she feel about you still living in the house with... Is, so are you guys going to get a divorce? I mean, I think we will legally separate, but we're still okay. going to be like, doing this until it no longer serves us anymore. I think it really benefits our kids to have us both at home. And, you know, when he goes out or when I go out, it's like their schedules are not disrupted at all. You know, they're still in the same house and do the same things. Like, nothing really changed. So she, like, never made any bones about it, you know? And she would like tell her friends and they're like, aren't you like jealous or nervous? Or and she's like, no, not at all. You know, I mean, really looking back, like my husband and I have been doing this, this like roommates thing for quite some time, right? It's not like I, we had a, an amazing intimacy marriage and then I came out a week later, you know, it's like, it's kind of been on the rocks for some time. And so- She's like totally cool with it. Super great with kids, you know, wants kids of her own someday. Are your kids too young now to explain anything to them? Or have you slowly been trying? Like, do they ask who Maddie is? They are obsessed with her. Okay. When she's not like my eldest asks me all the time if she's coming over and like doesn't want me, wants just her. (laughs) (laughs) Really great with kids. And so 
It's funny. No, like, I feel like they're so young that it's just a normal thing for them, you know? And if they had been a little bit older and started developing their own idea of what normal is, I would have to, like, have this, like, conversation with them. But, like, as of now, I remember asking my oldest, like, when we first started sleeping in separate bedrooms, I was like, do you have a question about, like, why we don't sleep in the same room anymore? And he was like, like, he didn't care. It's like, there's more room for me in your bed. <laughs> Milo has never known my husband and I to sleep in the same bed. So even I just, yeah, the other day I was thinking about this because my husband sleeps with the monitor and the other night Milo woke up at three in the morning and my husband will often take him into his bed to sleep with him. Yeah. And like, hallelujah to me. Like, ooh. I know, right? I'm like, girl, you made it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Living the dream. Milo in the morning, he made some comment about like, yeah, like I went and slept in daddy's bed. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to grow up thinking that like mommy has her room and her bed. Like he knows the difference. Like it's mommy's bed and then there's daddy's bed. And I was like, I felt weird, even though I'm so open about our situation. I was like, he's going to go to school. Like you worry about what other people, like that he's going to feel awkward that his parents, you know, one day he's going to bring up to his friend, like, oh, my daddy's bed. And they're going to be like, what? Your parents don't sleep in the same bed. Do you think about that? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Even like Maddie comes with me to like pick Elliot up, you know, like from daycare sometimes. And so I, you know, I wonder if the kid's even ask or say nothing but like I think they're so young that they're just like okay this is normal this is okay this is I mean it is normal right but it's just like their perception of like our you know what our society deems as like normal sometimes yeah that's the issue it's it's society and what other kids are going to say about it to them and it's like it sucks because you don't want your child to feel different or feel like they don't live in a normal situation I don't know it's like a weird thing it is definitely I think like coming up real soon like we'll have to give him you know the terms to talk about what is happening right like he doesn't know he just has no idea like he doesn't have the words to describe like what's going on and so I remember talking to like my friend who is like a therapist as well she's like you know he probably is too young to like go all into it but you just keep reminding him that you know, mommy and daddy still love him and that you're still a family and, you know, we don't love you any less. We're just going to be parenting as best friends now. Like, that's all they need to know is that they're still, like, loved. What are your feelings going to be when your husband brings home someone? If I don't know if he has already, but... Um, actually, we're all going to go to a concert tomorrow night together. <laughs> what concert? Um, it's, a, it's actually, it was my girlfriend's idea. She wants to go to see Badfish, which is like a, the Sublime cover band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not cover band. I, I don't know. The members are still in the band. I'm oh, not okay. Sure. But one of them is not because they passed away. And so it's like a new name. Yeah, we're all going to go together. Like he, it's funny. He actually went on dates first before oh, me. So okay. I came out and he was like, okay with me already having like a girlfriend. So I already had like Tinder and all the things. 
it took me a little bit longer because like I really wanted to be selfish and just do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. You know, it was kind of this rebirth of me independently as well at the same time as coming out. And so he had gone on like a lot of dates actually before me. And so we had to kind of like swallow that pill and figure that out really quickly. At first it was really weird. Like the first day he was going like to a hotel room. So I was like, okay, we're doing it. Oh, yeah, that is rough. And But so, like, Maddie comes over to your house. She's, like, slowly becoming a part of your children's lives. But I feel like, because we're moms and we're a little bit cuckoo, you know Maddie and you know her intentions. You know that she's a good person. Like, you have that experience with her. So it's easy for you to be like, oh, yeah, come over for dinner, be a part of my children's lives. But now if your husband is bringing people into your children's lives, you may not know them as well. So do you have any kind of like boundaries set where it's like, no, I need to know this person before? Yeah, we kind of we're kind of doing that. So, you know, like also my husband doesn't necessarily want to be like monogamous anytime soon, you know, because. He, I mean, you know, he kind of has been starved from affection for a long time. So I want that for him, right? And that's actually why this whole thing came out in the beginning. Like, I kept saying, I'm like, I don't want to have sex with my husband, but maybe I have to let someone else do it because, like, I can't do it. That's (laughs) literally the first conversation I had with my best friend a long time ago. I was like, something's got to give. Something's wrong. (laughs) Something's off. (laughs) Anyway, so, yeah, so we said that, like, unless it benefits, like, the family unit, we're not going to bring any of his like dates home because like, unless if they're going to be around for a long time, like I don't necessarily want to like infiltrate. And if we're having a party and there's a lot of people here, that's totally fine. Right. But like an intimate setting, like dinner and bedtime and breakfast, you know, like waking up here, like that has to be more of a permanent fixture in his life. And especially like, I, I do want to hang out with them first before they meet the kids you know? No, that makes sense. Yeah. And like, so like Maddie, I was having to leave to hang out with Maddie, obviously. Right. Because I also didn't introduce her to my kids right away. And so we realized that like, as a family, it benefited all of us if she could be present in our home for my husband as well. Right. Like he works a lot and like for me to be home more. So that's why it benefited all of us. When you date someone on the outside of your house, you know, like you're going on dates, it's like a different world. But in order to be like, oh, yeah, I really, you know, am into this person. I want to be with this person. You almost have to have them integrate into your family to see how that goes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I needed to know, obviously, like Christopher is here. He's present. I needed to know how that relationship was going to look. And obviously... The first time that they both met, everyone was nervous. Christopher was like, I just hope she likes me. I'm like, oh. And then she <laughs> felt the same. She's like, I hope he likes me. Like, it's like he, you're meeting someone else. It was like a blind date, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, it was really sweet. Obviously, they get along swimmingly. Like, you know, we're in a group chat. <laughs> That's awesome. We have a private chat and a group chat. It's, it's fine. Ugh. And so what was your feelings about coming out and sharing this with your community online? I was nervous, but people were asking questions based like if anyone followed me on TikTok as well. And so I was like, okay, it's time. I asked my husband for his 
permission, basically, because I'm like, all right, we're doing the thing. Obviously, I'm kind of like not a public figure, but like my life is public. And so we're going to talk about this. And also, you know, my mission always is like, for what I do is if it helps anyone in any capacity with their lives or how they feel or their emotions, then I did a good job that day, right? Because I I wanted that. I wanted someone else to tell me that like I wasn't alone. And so this is just another part of the normalizing what it can mean to be a woman, a mother. So, you know, after we talked about it and we were really on like stable grounds, I wrote a blog post about like how we were separating and why and what that looked like and what we're going to, you know, do moving forward. And the amount of positive responses that I got instantly, like I'm saying I posted it, I get goosebumps. Like the amount of people pouring in, writing me messages and support, I didn't know I needed like until I had it. I was like, holy shit, like how wonderful. And not only like for me, but like our children's generation, like the type of parents that are now raising our future. I was like, I have so much hope. You know, like people aren't going to have to come out anymore. You know, it's just like, it's going to be like accepted. It was really beautiful. It was really special. You know, of course I had like a ton of people unfollow me as well. That's surprising to me. Yeah, they went quietly for the most part because they could see that they were the minority and they weren't going to, anytime someone comments anything negative about that aspect, they're not attacked, but they are, you know, my community reminds them that their opinion is their opinion. (laughs) Yeah, and not necessarily welcome here. Yeah, exactly. It's so nice I was thinking about this. Apparently all I do is think. It's true. Um, (laughs) How like a lot of people praise certain things that I talk about. And like I'm very open about things that might not necessarily be a positive for my husband. I always try and make a point like, this is not my husband's issue. Like this is my issue and this is how the situation made me feel and blah, blah, blah. And people are always like, oh my God, like, so like, thank you for talking about this. And I was thinking like the reason that I can talk about certain things online is because I have my husband's support. support. Yes, Like he does not get offended or get defensive because I call myself the default parent and I talk about what that feels like and how his job and his busy career like affects me. And it's because I communicate those things with him as well. well. Yeah, You know, it's not like I'm hiding these like feelings. So you were in a similar situation. It's like he was so supportive and was like, yeah, let's be public about this and supporting you and telling your story, which is nice. And I I say the same thing for like a lot of like my community, they also don't have the support to talk about these kinds of things with their friends and their family. So the things I write about and joke about, it's like the only place that they can be honest about those feelings as well. So it's like both. It's like me and my support has allowed me to say these things and then the followers also like they they may not be able to be or have that support either so i'm doing that for them it's like this like two way two way street and so if there are women out there or anyone really who 
is feeling like they want to make some life transition, whether it be like coming out or leaving a marriage, what would be your advice for them on like where to even start? It's funny because I've had a ton, a ton of messages. So if anyone wants to message me as well, sometimes it gets lost in the requests folder, but a ton of people that I actually started a, like a group session and like a private session where we could like zoom and talk about it because everyone's, you know, experience and details are different. My advice would be to just keep asking yourself the questions like, what do you want? What would be your dream ideal situation? And then just do the things that lead you to that. Like for me, I was daydreaming about Maddie being in my house with my kids. Like that moment of like being a unit was really a, a dream of mine. Like the, like our second day, I could not stop thinking about like having her, all of us in my pool being together. And when it happened, it was surreal. It was like, okay, this is what I wanted. We're here. And so that would be my advice for anyone is like, what do you want that to look like? Do you want to live in separate houses? Do you want to stay in the same house? Like, you just got to keep asking yourself, like, what, what do you want? Yeah. And I like how you said, like, putting yourself first. Yeah. Because Not everything, want. <laughs> yes, everything else is going to fall into place. Is there anything specifically that you would say therapy helped you with? Really realizing what I am responsible for. And I mean that because I had like a family member who I kept taking responsibility for her feelings and being present, even though maybe I didn't, didn't want to anymore. It was kind of like damaging me a little bit. And she's like, why do you feel responsible? Like, why? And like that spilled over in all aspects of my life. I'm like, well, damn, I don't know why I feel responsible. Like I'm not, I'm not responsible. I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible for my children, you know? And like, what moms are responsible for, but like the emotions attached to it. Oh my gosh. Okay. This was a great conversation (laughs) and I'm so happy that you came on to chat about this. What are some upcoming projects that you have or projects, projects? I don't know. (laughs) I say things wrong. Um, And what are your plans for the future? What can people look out for? You know, I'm still just trying to like build a a big community of moms that can feel safe and say the things that, you know, maybe they can't normally say to anyone else. I uh, think that there's like a couple of things, secret things on the horizon that we can't can't talk about yet, but maybe someday soon. (laughs) You'll come back to talk about them. Yeah, I will. I will. (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, I like, I just really, I'm really thankful for anyone who, reaches out to me to like the comments and the messages people are like you probably get this all the time I'm like no 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 I need it all the time like I need to know that I'm helping other moms like because otherwise I don't know what I'm doing yes when I have really down days like I'm constantly like getting shadow banned like getting like blocked from certain things on and I'm like sometimes it's so frustrating and I'm like why the fuck like why am I doing this and then you get messages from people and you're like oh yeah okay like yes, the yes. other stuff doesn't matter really. Doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. like, I am so like humbled by like when people reach out and they're just like, I really thank you. Like it's made me feel secure as a mom and like all these things and feeding my child. Like I don't have mom guilt anymore. I'm like, that is like the greatest gift anyone can ever give me. I'm like, 
oh my God, like, thank you. It means the world to me. And I genuinely mean that, like everything. I'm just curious, is Maddie a public person or is she private? She is becoming much more public. <laughs> um, we actually started like our own little account together. Oh my uh, God, I love that. Yeah, it's her last name is Gross. And so now we're the Gross Fruits. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, she's totally cool with it. Like she has no no bones about it, right? She actually asked me the same thing. She's like, how do you feel about like, I'm like, look at me. I'm like, I literally put my whole life on a silver platter for everyone to pick and pick at. But you yeah, know. I love that. So what's the account? The Gross Fruits? Yeah, it is. Oh my God, that's the best. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to go follow that. Okay, where else can people find you? Basically, my website has everything. So thefruitsofmotherhood.com. You can find my old podcast episodes, my blog, my TikTok, you know. But if you just Fruits of Motherhood anywhere you go, it'll get you there. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>